0: Hey, Aura here. Just a quick disclaimer that this episode contains mentions of the Latitude Society, the Zerjoon Institute, and Nonchalance, the company. For those that aren't aware, the head of said projects had views that we as a community do not agree with and will not engage of them or their projects further. This episode was recorded before events leading to this decision, However, the focus of the episode is not on these projects. That said, I hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Signets, and welcome to conversationally immersive Bridge Talk. I am a swan, and today you're joined by Pink Lemon Lies. Hello. A ship called Argo. Hey, everyone. A mod called Aura. It's me. And we are your hosts, broadcasting today from Redbridge. Woo!
2: Perfect. Thank well, thanks for joining us today, Swan. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Um, so we all know you really well. Um, but if you could just tell everybody else listening, um, who are you? I know it's a big question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm a pianist composer. Um, I have six years of of uh, formal classical music training, uh, BA music and an MM in music composition and piano and percussion. And then more broadly, I'm an artist, creative type person. Um, I spin fire. I do installation art with blacklight string art. I have over 11,000 paper cranes. I... Tend to do lots of creative stuff and I can't not.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll also add, uh, Swan has a breadth of knowledge about all things nonchalance. Um, So hopefully we'll get to pick her brain a little bit about what she's experienced and um, maybe learn something new. Yeah. Um, Also,
1: where it all comes from. yeah,
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, if you don't mind, uh, how did you come to be on the server?
1: Um, so I first got involved with uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere. I saw on the um, Stephen Colbert's late night show, I saw Jason Siegel there talking about um, magic as an act of defiance. And I was like, ooh, what's this? I'm going to have to watch this. And I forgot about it for like three, four weeks. And then the pandemic started. And I was like, oh, okay, I got time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go watch. And I, um, I got on board right when, like, the thir- after the third episode of Dispatches. <clears throat> immediately watched all three of those episodes. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Also, the first transgender character I have ever seen – played by a transgender actress as a transgender character where that's not the center of her story. Yay. Mm. Amazing. I was telling a friend this, and I said all those things to them, and they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's shocking. (laughs) Um, And then also the deeper layer of finding about the Institute and the games of nonchalance And all of it in San Francisco. And I'm like, do I know any of these people? And like, I was like looking up, I was like looking for names that I might recognize or faces, people I've met at Burning Man and things like that.
0: I think it's safe to say that you're a. I I think you most encapsulate among like a lot of people here, like the idea of nonchalance and everything. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with your past experiences. Like you mentioned Burning Man, like uh, have you been involved with anything else outside of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So actually before I went to Burning Man, um, I was involved with a creative community in Chicago. Um, I don't know if I can name it because I'm not sure if it's still going or not, Um, but it was in a private house. Mm-hmm. And um, they would have on Friday and Saturday nights, uh, once a month, they would have a party where they'd have like thirty people there. You call it a party; it's not really a party. It's more than that because um, you would come in, and they'd ask you all to be a yes. We, you, you can always be a choice, but we want you to be a yes. You know, like mm-hmm. it was this like really happy, like bubbly kind of thing. And I was like. Oh, this is amazing. Um, and then you go down a tunnel, a rabbit hole, into Wonderland, which was where they had um performance art space. they do performance art over the night and you'd go back and forth between the chill space and the performance art space. And this is just in their house. And they had like oh, wow. they had um actual green sod, live sod on the floor of the the living room <laughs> yeah so you could dance on grass You're
0: on grass that's awesome yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it, it was it was really amazing and i had some really amazing experiences over there and i would help them run that they also did a more public event called 818 um in a building that's not even there anymore <laughs> so what? it's all kind of this ephemeral like thing in my memory i'm like none of it's there anymore um but it was really, really creative. And that's how I met more people and other people. And then, you know, one day I heard somebody's like, oh yeah, we went to Burning Man last year. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I was like, actually, I wasn't like, what's that? I had seen in 1996 on TV, I had seen um, an art car on National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And they were featuring that and, and Burning Man from 1996 when it was really a lot more lawless. Yeah. And um, I saw it as a teenager. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then fast forward 10 years and um, I was just kind of aimless and wandering in Chicago and wondering what to do with my life. And all of these creative people were doing such freaking amazing things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I started getting involved with other people with that, you know, I, I went and made, um, started getting into blacklight string art. I did a performance art piece based on that. And I also did an art installation at an event um it was two miles of blacklight reactive string uh in in a space about 100 by 120 feet it was Mm -hmm. massive and i have no pictures of it because the cops (laughs) shut the party down Uh, they didn't get their cut and they said that it was a a liquor license violation oh wow it's really it's because it was a party of 500 people and CPD wasn't getting their cut for security.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, it's kind of sad that you don't have the pictures, but also kind of get like it goes into that ephemeralness, yeah. Everything sort of makes it just makes it like a legend.
1: I have (laughs) pictures from that night of what we did afterwards. We went to a friend's place, and I made a circle. I had a circle of people, and we picked up people with it's like Mason line, you know, like string. It's just Mm -hmm. little bits of string. But if you have enough of it, a person can lay down on it and like 20 people can pick them up with it. Oh, wow. Like a a web. So, yeah.
0: That's neat. So, yeah, you've been involved for a while in like, I guess I I don't even know what to call it. I guess I'll just call it art scene for lack of a better word.
1: Yeah, that was 2006 through
0: 2008. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, it's, there's been a drastic change in that kind of scene uh, like now compared to then?
1: No, I I would say that (sighs) this, this is a great question because I think a lot of people get involved with this stuff and they're in it for a few years. You might go to a few music festivals and you get in with a bunch of people and you're like, Oh, this was amazing. And then you all kind of go your separate ways. And, and you're like, what was that? What was that? You know, like three, five years maybe. And y- y- you all like think back and you're f- you friends on Facebook or something ridiculous. And like, you don't even interact that much, but it's like, what was that? There was something there. I call it the nexus mm-hmm. um, where all these amazing creative people all kind of came together in this whirling, like dervish of creativity and, um, and then go their separate ways. And the thing about that is, is that that has happened throughout history. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually one of the greatest things that brought me to nonchalance and to to VBS and Christor and all this stuff was I saw the whirling dervish happening. And I was like, oh, this is going to draw on a ton of people like me. Mm. And I want to see where this is going. And I want to build community out of this because this is something really cool. And I was like, I've been here before. I want to do this again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, that. <laughs> so um, go ahead. Son. Yeah. Well, so then you can take that back as well. The people who came before me, the, the people that I met, remember I said in Chicago, I met these people at Burning, who had been to Burning Man. Well, they were on their own part of that journey, which, you know, might have ended sooner than mine did. Um, And their three years was three years before mine. And there's this constant um, passing of the torch. There's like generations, not even like generations, but just like a consistent line of creative people throughout history who have, you know, been like, okay, we're going to do a thing. And then somebody's somebody comes in who's new and younger and is like, Okay, what's this? What is all this? And then they see the old people leave and they're like, What? Why are you going? Okay, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. And then they do it. And then they get old and then they leave and somebody younger comes in and is like, Oh, what's this? You know? Yeah. And I feel like all throughout history, there's always been this constant creative thread going through. You know, Terrence McKenna calls it the the shamanic thread, um, which is the. This intuitive creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, like we said earlier, you obviously have a lot of experience with the diversity of these kinds of artistic, immersive, um, creative events and places and people. Um, when you choose to get involved with one of them, um, is there. Are there particular qualities that you're looking for or things that attract you um, that say, yeah, I want to join these threads at this time and place or this nexus.
1: I think it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the first thought that comes to mind is, uh, you know, Burning Man actually lists out a lot of the things, for instance, decommodification. If they're charging money, you immediately question it. Um, I've learned this even. Um, that's that's a standard for Native American spirituality. If you're being charged money to go to a sweat lodge, it ain't a sweat lodge. It's not a purification ceremony um, because it's like a church. You go there, you donate, but you shouldn't be getting charged for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of these creative things. Uh, if it's got a higher level of inclusive access that raises the level of creativity because then you get more different people.
0: So my limited experience, uh, like going to the Integratron, there was like, cause you mentioned the sweat lodge, you know, that's sort of a, it's a different kind of sweat lodge. And it was, it, for me, I don't know. It just it felt very strange because it was supposed to act as a place of healing and tranquility and all that. But like to really take part of it, uh, like it, it cost a decent amount of money, and that always like sort of soured the experience a bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's such a it's such a complicated thing because you know they need that in order to run, right? Uh, but and I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, so.
1: And I've I've certainly been on the running side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to uh, run some purification lodges after I was um, approved by my ceremonial grandfather. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to do that a little bit for some communities of mine. And, um, you know, I'm not going to, wasn't going to charge anybody. Um, but you know, they're all white people. They don't have any concept of how purification lodges work. Yeah. Um, and it was, it required me to give a lot more energy than I was willing to give in the end of it. You know, like I, I wish that there had been somebody who was asking me that they really needed help. Cause then I would have been like, okay, yes, I will put all my energy into this because you really need what this can give you. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more of people being just curious about it. And, um, you know, they helped. We, you make a community and you do it all together. But um, um, you can feel a difference with something like VBS or nonchalance where people are just like, hey, they drop by. You know, hey, we're just dropping by. We wanna, We want to join this. We want to help out. We want to do the thing. You know, when I was at Burning Man, the very first thing I did after I set up my tent at Burning Man – I went half a block over, found a geodesic dome that they were putting up, and spent eight hours after that were helping them put up a geodesic dome. And it was amazing. And I can say, I know how to do that because I've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> You know? So. And took it down in a dust storm, too, which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when isn't there a dust storm at Burning Man? That's
1: why that. sometimes.
2: <laughs> so I'm curious then, Swan. Um, it sounds like you've had experiences with both um, more individual creative acts uh, as well as creative communities.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: do you have a preference for either or any lessons learned?
1: No, it's apples and oranges. Um, I like both. Um, I mean community uh, community demands a lot more, and you have to be able to step outside of yourself more um Community is very much about not having a lot of ego, and there could be problems where that's not the case for some people in the community um an ideal community is one where people don't have a lot of ego. They just kind of, like I said, you know, they're just like, hey, I'm here. Let's do things, you know. Um, whereas the individual pursuit of art is absolutely ego. I, I love that one of my friends, a, a painter, you know, he was talking about how, you know, the act of making art or painting is very much ego-driven. That's that's the whole kind of the point is that it's, it's what you want to do. It's not what anybody else wants to do. You get every, there's, Somebody will know this uh this quote but there was something where a painter was like when i try to when i paint i try to get everybody out of the room i try to get the audience the viewers the, out of the room get the critics out of the room get my teachers out of the room get my family out of the room and then when all that's done get myself out of the room and what you're left with is the painting just happening um <clears throat> the self is the last <laughs> in the individual effort. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In the community, it, the self should probably go first.
0: So do you? So do you think? Wait, sorry. I guess I'm a little lost. In. Wait. So you think that uh, the art? It's just it's more reliant on the artist. Itself and like it isn't necessarily possible to do like community art. Is that what you're saying? I might just be under misunderstanding.
1: Um, individual art and community art are different.
0: Oh, okay, that's it. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking about two.
0: Got it. okay. I was just lost for two second. clearly
1: okay. separate things. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Got it. In in the community, you have to sacrifice, like in any relationship if you're going to have a relationship with a person, you know, one-on-one, or if you're going to have a relationship with many people in a community, either way, you know, you have to put the self, you know, behind a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and not just, uh, you know, I've met some people who are like, I'm going to be a leader of this community and that's how this is going to be. And people are going to do the things that I want to do. And, um, you know, that, leads to complications this is also why a lot of these communities have cycles Mm -hmm. you know it'll be like three years i like to say it's three to five years before any community comes together and then ends up falling apart because of people having issues with each other yeah um i'm hoping that's not the case here, (laughs) but i'm along for the ride if it is i guess i don't know um (laughs) well i mean worst
0: case like people will just kick me out and someone else will do. i've said this multiple <laughs> times i am ready for someone else to just take it all away
1: yeah <laughs> we
0: will the community will rebuild itself it'll be fine yeah <laughs> like it,
1: well and like with uh the jejun institute and um the latitude society you can see that progression there you know they had three years eight to 2008 to eleven 2011. And then for the Latitude Society, 2013 to 2016. And because those were so heavily intensive and because there was finances in the backing of it, mm-hmm. um, you can see why those kind of churned into a meat grinder and, you know, turned into a pulp uh, right. pretty quickly. Um, and And that's the case for any creative society. You can go way back. Go back to the, I mean you can go to the Kit Kat club in the 17th century. And I, I haven't totally read their history, but I would guess that sooner or later, something like that happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were friction between people in that club. Um, so, you know, uh, go back as far as you like.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> This stuff's been happening. This does happen. This is part of how humanity, um, expresses creativity in a very uh it's subversive it's covert right like this isn't something that your average society knows about that even your average you know like movie stars or you know jason siegel was like what is this you know like he worked in hollywood but he didn't know anything about this kind of creative community because mm-hmm. this is this is more subversive. This is underneath. This is like you said, magic as an act of defiance. Yeah. Um, some people might call it outsider art. What we do, um, yeah, and that's really half right.
2: So that's, it's a really interesting point um, or hypothesis because you know dispatches obviously was broadcast internationally, right? Even our server is mm-hmm. multinational as well and our community um, and it seemed like part of jason's um, goal was to share the beauty of nonchalance with the world um, but in doing so took it to a much larger scale um, a much larger platform um, do you think there's danger in that or do you think it is possible cuz clearly it's positively impacted a lot of people here. Um,
1: yes. It's dangerous and it positively impacts people. Um there's there's two sides to the coin, you know. I um in the institute I I think I don't know if it was the intention for Spencer to point out that there were people having these different experiences. I mean, I assume that he was thinking that, but even if he wasn't, it would automatically happen that there'd be these people. He would have had to really curate it to find people who were all having, you know, Kiyomi's experience and nobody else's mm-hmm. um, because all the experiences are different and there's danger in, in it's like there's danger in, in inclusivity. You, you, you bring in more people from different backgrounds. You open up possibilities for interactions that wouldn't possibly previously have been there, which also means there's risk, you know, um, there's, there's risk in any of this. There's risk in you go into somebody gives you a credit card that has all zeros on it, you swipe it on a door. You don't know what's inside, and you just walk in, and there's a cubbyhole that says put all your possessions in here, including your wallet and your phone. There's risk. (laughs) Um, there's risk with all of us being on VBS, you know, not having known each other, you know, um, some of us meeting each other in person now. There was risk in that, and it was it was surreal, um, to to meet somebody in real life that I had met online for this weird game thing. That's kind of cult-like, you know, like, I I guess I I have the advantage that I've been in things that could be considered cults before. So I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know, some things which might actually be called cults and other things which are called cults, but are not. Um, And other various Uh, variations on that theme.
2: There was something else that you said that also jumped out to me. Um, Your hypothesis about the need to put your ego back a little bit um, Mm -hmm. or or even a lot um, both in terms of artistic expression but especially when engaging with a creative community. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of I almost think like irony in that because in sacrificing that part of yourself at least in my experience I find that that's that's when it can be filled in with so much more um, especially in a community like I I don't know about you but I feel like I've just gained so much from the people here um, the three of you especially um, and I think there's some truth to what you say that you know in allowing yourself to step back a little bit um, There's a chance for something else to
1: come in. Yeah. Yep. I I like to think of it as, you know, it's, it's listening, you know, be as a musician. uh, Listening is everything to me. And uh, when you're in community or when you're in relationship of any kind, it's just, you're, you're listening. And when you listen to other people and, what they want to create, this, what kind of, what, how they see magic, what is their kind of magic, um, as an or magic defiance <laughs> or whatever, um, and seeing how that manifests with the limitations that they might have. You know, um, we've had talks with other people on our server um, in some channels that not everybody can see um about uh limitations on creativity um i think you guys know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. um and uh when there's limitations on what you can do it opens up actually opens up creativity because it forces you to do things you may not have done before um under those constraints yeah That requires, that cannot be ego driving that because your ego says, I want exactly this and you don't get that. (laughs) That's not an Mm -hmm. option. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I've always been a big proponent that some boundaries can, in most cases, lead to greater like, pieces of like work, whether that be like art or like uh, having a community be run or something just because I think there's this a, there's this appeal to like having everything 100% like open to whatever but at the same time that having that much I, I don't want to say freedom but just like openness that that big blank of a canvas, it can be kind of daunting to start somewhere for a lot of people. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I think. uh, Go ahead.
2: It reminds me just a little bit of um, living doc when he talks about, um, you know, in the myth of the latitude society that prime wasn't always such a bad thing. Um, And so. I, don't know, I kind of see it as you have some guiding um, to the immensity of flow, um, which is not bad. You know, it's a little I'm bit reminded of,
1: of the 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 fable where they are constricted by this cavern, and they work together, and they worked all night, and they they repeat that in the fable. And how they, they're they restricted and they have to, you know, do some digging. Some of it gets filled in. They have to go back and take it back out again. Um, but that brings them closer and closer as together as a community. Yeah.
2: No, that's a great point. I mean, even the act of telling the fable, you know, like in the tradition of the Latitude Society, the prime is the underlying story. But the flow is in the retelling of it and each person remembers something different or, you know, shares it in a different way or adds a different flourish. Um,
1: Puts it on a Minecraft server.
2: Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you mentioned also um, each person kind of has their own magical signature um, and how they make magic as an act of defiance. Do you think you can tell us about your magical signature, if you if you know it, or can put words to it. How do you use magic, or what are your guiding principles when you create it in an act of defiance?
1: Well, I don't know. The, the first thing that came to mind was my, um, a sigil that I made, which doesn't actually cast a spell, which is unusual for chaos magic. Um, this is magic with a K, but, uh, um but my my sigil is actually a really good story for it because um burning man 2008 I uh I had made my sigil months before and I knew it and I recognized it and I was working on a um temple about 10,000 square foot temple and um I co-founded it, but a lot of other people were doing most of the stuff. Like, you know, it was kind of just overhead work. Um, And leading the way that I lead, which is taking a big step back and letting other people step in and do all the things. Um, To the point where people don't think that I was leading, except for when things went wrong and then they could blame me. (laughs) Which is fine. It was was a point. Um, But... uh, I got there on Thursday or Friday before the burn, before the whole week, and was literally marking out lines in the sand, in the dirt. I had nothing else to mark it off, and I had nobody else showing up for two days while other people were trying to encroach on the space. I'm, like, trying to defend this empty plot of land. And... <clears throat> um and it was incredibly frustrating. And finally, people got there and started building the temple, the different parts of it. And by Monday, I had an interaction with a guy where, you know, he had designed the central space and he's like, it's going to be like this. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to be five feet over because otherwise it's going to intersect with the camp next door. And I'm like, you got to, you know, like try to point it out. We got into an argument and I just had a total breakdown. And I walked right out into a dust storm with nothing, no, no water, no compass, no, the things I normally would have going out into the open playa, walked all the way to the trash fence, sulked for like a half hour, um, was still just, wouldn't talk to anybody that went by or anything and eventually went to emergency services and found my way to sanctuary where people who are tripping can go to have a peaceful time. Well, I wasn't tripping. I could answer all their questions. I knew exactly where I was. <laughs> um, but I just needed some quiet. But after that, here's where I'm getting my point. Sorry. <laughs> I went on a little tangent. After that, um, the next day, I went on to the playa and... There was a 10-story skyscraper in the middle of the desert. Believe it or not, it was there. <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine now when I think about it. There was a 10-story skyscraper that they'd put up, you know, like with steel girders and everything. Um, and uh, there, it wasn't furnished or anything. It was just steel um, construction. And you could walk up steps to get up to the top. You get up to the top and you look down and you see that people have drawn things in the desert. And, like, they're just, like, tags and, like, somebody drew a penis, you know, (laughs) typical stuff.
0: Classic. I was
1: like, this is such a big canvas, and everybody can see it through the whole week. Why doesn't somebody do something more beautiful? And I was like, my sigil. And so I went out within view of that and made a 120 foot version of my sigil just by dragging my foot in the sand for like an hour in 110 degree heat. Um, And I have a Polaroid. Somebody walked by and took a picture of me while I was doing that. So I have a Polaroid of me doing that. Um, And more importantly, somebody flew over that over the week. So I actually have a picture of it which I Photoshopped back to be flat as if they were directly overhead because it was aerial at an angle. But Mm -hmm. so I can prove that I did that. (laughs) I think I've shared it on on the server before. But in doing that sigil, particularly because I had had such like this, basically a mental breakdown over previously that week, had lost the sense of self because I had worked so hard on something for other people and taken a lot of blame for stuff that really wasn't mine, but somebody needed to take it. And I gave like, I had like a complete ego death with with that temple, with building that temple. And um, doing that sigil was like re-energizing my sense of self. I was I was literally tagging the desert 150 feet across with me. This is me. <laughs> you know, this is my sigil. Um, it's kind of swan-like, so um, that actually works. But, um, yeah, you know. Uh, so if I have a signature um, in a more abstract sense, which I think you were asking more in an abstract sense, it is a sense of... Um, I can always find my sense of self and bring it out in something. And it doesn't matter what the environment is. I just find a place or a way to make it happen. And it, and it happens. Um, you put me at a piano. I have no idea what's going to happen, but it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, uh, I had paper cranes, And I decided, okay, I'm just going to keep making these. And now I have over 11,000 of them. (laughs) And and other things like that.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, And that ability to just tap into that, is that something you learned with time? Or do you feel like it's always been like that for you? Um,
1: I think that is a, a result of... I think any good artist has any creative artist, not just somebody who's, you know, I I don't want to belittle this, but, you know, somebody who's a really good musician might be trained and practice, which are important things, but that's more craft. It becomes art when it's new and it tells us something. It teaches us something. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to make us feel good really what it needs to do is it needs to make us think about things. Um, that's really the difference between art and craft. Craft can be beautiful, incredibly beautiful. Art really makes us think about how did this happen? How does this affect who we are? Um, and I lost my train of thought. What were you asking?
2: So then do you think the? Um, I don't remember what my original question was. Oh, was it a was it a skill or something? You think you were you've always yes. had
1: or? Um. So yeah, it came up as a result of constraints in my life. Um, I think after I graduated uh, with my master's degree in music composition, I thought I was going to go on to a doctorate study. That didn't happen everything fell through. I didn't get into a doctoral program and I wasn't sure what to do with my life. And it was a sense of I had a plan for how things were going to go and it did not work out that way. And I think that's where the real artistic gold is. That's where it really hits people. Um, Jason Siegel had the same thing. He was kind of listless after How I Met Your Mother. He did a couple pieces, and but he was just like what am I doing? I don't know. I need to look for something. And, you know, then he found the Jujun Institute and the, um, the Institute. And then he was like, I want to find out more about this. I want to find the guy who did this, you know? Um, and then went on that journey to, to find that out. And I think a lot of people who come into these things like in, you know, VBS and things like that, they're like, I'm looking for something. I need something right now because I, I, don't know where my life's going. You know, they don't have a plan or the plan didn't work out. And, um, you know, uh, uh Robin Anton Wilson calls it the chapel perilous. Um, where suddenly that? you, the chapel perilous, which is like, you don't know what's happening or you don't know what's going on. Um, I haven't read this. So somebody who read this is going to know more about it, but, um, This just sense of, you know, ego death, essentially, where you're like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And once you've done that before, I I think the beautiful thing is, is that since I've done that multiple times in my life, now when that happens, I'm like, okay, something amazing is about to happen. (laughs) And that's, I hope a lot of people take that away. Like if something's going really wrong in your life right now, like something amazing could be on the horizon because all your your plans, all your ego, all of that is being stripped so that something truly creative and amazing can come out of it. You know, it's like when a seed has to break the hole for the shoot to come out. Um, If you want to hear something on this, I highly recommend um, Terrence McKenna's Opening the Doors of Creativity. Um, It's a one and a half hour, two hour long um, lecture, a Terrence McKenna lecture, I mean, which are amazing. His use of words is just astounding. And um, if I could recommend any Terrence McKenna lecture, that's the one I would recommend because it does open the doors of creativity. And he talks about the shamanic function of that, that we, as artists, go into another world, grab something, and bring it back and share it with society and with everyone around us. And we don't even necessarily consciously do that. A lot of people unconsciously do that, but that's precisely what they're doing. They're taking something that isn't here in this world, going to another realm, bringing it back, which fits with the the bridges a lot, you know, like you go on one bridge and you go to elsewhere, you find that and you bring it back. Mm -hmm.
2: So you you made an interesting point that you think really good creative art um, makes you think or teaches you something new Mm -hmm. um, that you didn't know already. Do you think there's a different place for art that, you feel, or is the thinking and feeling inseparable, um, or is that a different type of art?
1: What um, play, what role do
2: you think emotions have um, in conjunction with the thinking component?
1: I think it's that's more a matter of like academics versus um, aesthetics. Maybe I'm not sure aesthetics is exactly the right word, but. The sense of in academia the idea is that all art should be thought about it's very heady it's very much what do you think about this what can you say about this you know um analyze it break it you know deconstruct it um for the rest of us for the actual shamanic function that art has for us for the um enriching sense that art has for us um yeah feeling is is very is very big um feeling can still be a sense of like it doesn't necessarily please you just because it's beautiful it could be beautiful it could be very intricate beautiful work and that fills you with a feeling and maybe that's what the artist is trying to get across but it's also important to remember that art can also be you know like Chris Torch, disturbing, (laughs) you know, Um, can be like, oh, this doesn't sound good or, you know, um, I don't like where this is going, you know. Think of some of the the ARGs that we've, the ARGs that we've had on this server recently. (laughs) It's like, I don't like where this is going, but it is art. I would not have questioned that it's art. It's... (laughs) But it's it's important to have those conversations that come out of some of those things, you know. If it's always just this is beautiful, this makes me feel good, then art is only palliative. It's it's just there to make you feel better. Um, art is more powerful when it can do more than just that. I I think I think what I'm just trying to point out is is that there's a pitfall not to fall into, which is you don't just want to make something just beautiful. You wanted to tell a story. You wanted to teach something. You wanted to remind us of, you know, not just beautiful, but also be like, you know, there's hope or, you know, be, use your discretion, be careful. Um, uh, here's an aspect of our culture that we aren't seeing, you know, like if you're your art is acting like a mirror to something that people aren't seeing in our culture. You so know? with that
2: in, so with that in mind, um, art is obviously a very broad, inclusive term um, yeah. for a lot of different creative expressions. How is nonchalant art different from the rest of it? What does it? What makes it unique in the feelings it evokes and the things it makes you think?
1: Well, I think nonchalance, you know, is a really good choice to have picked the fool from the tarot as kind of this mascot for nonchalance. Um, Not just because the players kind of have to embody that, but also because I think the makers have to embody that. Um, And anyone involved with it, you know, it is, the, the fool is, is quintessentially insouciant he he's just walking along and just having a good time and you know the world is going on about him and his dog is trying to tell him something but he's having a good day and just going along and um there's something really powerful about that um that it's a sense of innocence, but it's so much more powerful than that. It doesn't have to be innocence per se. Like, like I've said, I have a lot of experience, but I still go into this kind of like a fool. Cause I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know? Um, there's also a sense of like, there's, there's no trickster in the tarot. But I like to point out the trickster energy and I feel like the fool actually is probably the best trickster in the tarot. You know, people might say the the devil or something, but not really. No, I I would say either the fool or death maybe, but, um, or maybe Wheel of Fortune. But um, uh, the trickster energy is really interesting because what it really is originally, um, I know in Native American tradition, it's more commonly referred to as contrarian, which is doing the opposite of what everything else is, you know, and just keep doing that and see what happens, you know? Um, so it's kind of like this, this testing of everything around you. And so it's like, okay, this is going to happen. That's when you were talking about magical signature for me, um, that's very much a magical signature for me is the contrarian. Uh, everybody else goes, do, does one thing and I'm going to be like, okay, maybe I'll do something else. So everybody gets onto one new arg, and then I'm like, no, no, I'm going to hang back and just see what happens. <laughs> you know, just like you guys wanted to make me a mod. And I'm like, well, I have to be.
2: <laughs> why, why does that path so attractive to you?
1: it's not traveled um somebody somebody has to do it right (laughs) um but also i think you know personally i i would say really what that probably is is that as a transgender person i'm used to having to blaze a path that i don't nobody knows about nobody knows what's going on like where i grew up Transgender wasn't a thing, and I had no idea about it until uh, I didn't hear about it until I was thirteen. Even though my first feelings when I was when I was seven, and um, I didn't meet another transgender person in real life until I was nineteen. Um, it just wasn't a thing anywhere. So you know, I kind of grew up having to blaze my own trail um in that sense. So, I think maybe that whole sense plus being a musician, um I went to college and I became a composer and all of the other people in the music department were like, "Really? You're going to do that?" They're like, "We don't have the guts to do that." Like one, one of the like several of my friends in the music program were like, "It's so hard for us to write music because, you know, we don't have the You know, it it takes so much courage to just put down music and somebody else is going to have to play it, you know? I'm like, I don't don't know. I'm not thinking about that. I just do it, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's like constantly been that kind of thing. So, and I think all of us who are here kind of have stories like that where we've been kind of like wanting to do just like that extra little bit of something different than everybody else. And that's that's one of the things that makes these creative societies all throughout history. Is is a bunch of weirdos meet, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're just as weird as I am!" Holy crap! Yes, let's get together and do this. That's actually precisely the um, the way that they described it in the uh, the church of, Church of the Subgenius. And there were two guys doing really weird things in in Texas, in this town in Texas, and they were like. We have to meet.
3: <laughs> and now a
0: word from our sponsor. Okay, just giving us a quick glance. Well, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I guess we really opened the floodgates after that Christchurch ad. Can someone explain why we did that in the first place? No? Oh, right. I'm alone right now. God, these pages I'm reading off of don't even have anything written on them. They're just props. Props used in a feeble attempt to make me seem funny. Am I even real? What's going to happen to me after this? Ah, oh, well, no use worrying about that now. Anyways, enjoy the ad.
3: Hey, I'm Blocky,
0: and I'm here to tell you about the Varens Freak
3: Society's
2: Minecraft server. You like blocks?
1: Sure,
3: we all do.
2: That's why BBS has started a Minecraft server for all your SUSU's
1: virtual design ideas for the pixelated metaverse. Wait, what, what? You're a blank? Yes! You can join the Minecraft server by following the trail with a video in the most recent news model. So just a block? Like, a single cube with no face? No body? Absolutely! If you need help, just shout out to the Minecraft channel on our Discord server. This is kind of disturbing. You bet, friend! We can't wait to build amazing and soothing designs with you! Do you feel anything? Can you feel pain? No. Only the existential ennui of being a hollow puppet to serve my
0: master.
3: Uh,
1: I think I gotta look. Go lay down. Maybe it's those delta particles. I um, I have uh, talked with Charlotte.
0: How's she
2: doing? What's that? How's she doing?
1: Um, she's doing some really interesting creative stuff. In fact, um, there was a. Let's see if I can find it. She wanted me to share with y'all something. Yeah. Uh, 5th of December, 1961. Should, uh, check out some trains in the 5th of December, 1961. Yeah. She said people were doing some really creative stuff right around that time, right around that place. And there were a lot more creative things. The train was amazing, but some other things. Um, She was telling me about all the things that people did. You should should definitely look it up.
2: So So one story I'd love for the two of you to share, um, I think, is when the two of you met up in real life. Is that correct?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh,
2: Would you, the two of you, mind sharing a little bit about how that happened and the shenanigans that ensued?
3: (laughs) I believe I just uh, woke up and had a message. Gosh. What was it? May, uh... a message about, um... a jaunt, I
1: believe.
3: Or, oh gosh.
1: I actually still have it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, the message might have been in Discord first. Was it? Well, we were doing the book exchange. Remember, we were doing the book exchange, and uh, we sent each other a book. Ah, yes, that's right. I, I got the um, anime jellyfish book. Right. Um, and you got the chaos magic book.
3: Indeed. A very good book.
1: Um, um, wait, were we returning it, or was this to exchange the first time? This was... This
3: was. Um... To exchange the first time, okay, and um, I think we had just uh, you know talked about that, and but uh, at one point you sent another message and just you know asking if I was familiar with a certain uh, a certain uh, few sculptures uh, uh, that were placed on a wall and i'm like wait a minute no i recognize these these are from my town <laughs> and so yeah going from that um you found some string yeah basically
1: the um the uh the whole sheet of paper with string on it the pink string
3: yeah which was really an overlay for a certain uh A certain book that um, was on a website in a place uh, connected to a real world location that, um, you know, was on a map, on a computer, up a hill, through some magic beans. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, basically from there. We ended up uh getting like a location and
1: and i think i I think we exchanged numbers um for the uh the book exchange mm. and I have here that I texted you and i put establishing link
3: <laughs> yeah establish that c i b t link up
1: yeah yeah <laughs> oh gosh. And w- mm. we had this whole text conversation um, <laughs> as, a, as I worked the, the CIBT to, to uh, achieve her physical location. Yes. I <laughs> had ETA currently closer to 5 p.m. Yeah. You said connection established. Understood. We'll update <laughs> rendezvous ETA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Later yeah. I was like, bridge destination ETA 533. We'll update for any tears.
3: Yeah. there was police interference
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. we just had to drive to a different part of the lot <laughs> but uh yeah then we ended up meeting up um you know because this was still you know at the very very uh, still very much at the height of the pandemic like mm-hmm. we had to do a you know some pretty intense like distancing and everything, but um, yeah, it was cool. Um, met up, made the exchange of the books. I might have, um, we might have heard uh, a certain song played through the airwaves from somewhere, someone's eyes were filled with dreams, maybe. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then we went down that, that to was the too.
1: Lake. uh. That was to uh, disrupt uh, interference from George. Ah, yes. Because we, we, we had <laughs> agents all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
3: But you had something you had to return as well.
1: Yes, I had to return something to the water. Yep. So we dispatched that to the water.
3: And then since, you know, we were nearby the world of books, uh, we had to at least, you know, show off some other books, maybe some latitudinal books. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just a very, a very neat, very quick. We didn't get to spend too
1: much time because... It was literally like 20 minutes. <laughs> 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 yeah. It was amazing, though, because we are, what, three hours apart? Yeah. Um, And uh, the night before, I was like, or the morning of, actually, the morning Mm -hmm. of, I was like, okay, I got the day off. You know, it'd be crazy for me to just, instead of mailing this book, to actually take it to her. (laughs) And I was like, because it's crazy, now I have to do it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm so glad you did
1: and it became a jaunt and it was a fantastic way to meet for the first time
3: (laughs) definitely that's awesome
1: yeah during the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) as if it's not now but but yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) did you feel did either of you feel different after that interaction do you remember any of the emotions
3: I mean I don't know it It was just I just it was like elation because you know there was something magical happening right then right there and I was part of it (laughs) so I don't know I was you know just completely enraptured in wonder
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was really amazing to give that to someone And I could feel that I was creating that and um, to be part of it and to go through all of it and just be like, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, how, how can I make this more interesting? Like I was always constantly like, how can I make this like more of a jaunt, you know? And, and a lot of it was kind of improvising, you know, but then I was like, okay, instead of telling her that I'm just, that I'm going to arrive at the location, you'd be like, You know, this is my ETA. This is my bridge destination. When I lost signal in Beloit, I was like, maybe losing signal due to interference. You know, (laughs) and then questions about (laughs) you were saying, "How how is it you're even here?" And I'm like, maybe I'm not really here. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a hologram. That could still be true. Just caught. I just cast the uh, plausible deniability. (laughs) You know.
2: It is wonderful to hear in your voices the the levity um, and the joy just recounting the experience.
1: Yeah. We've met three times now. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there was that first time, then a year later, and then you came and visited me. Yeah. Um, Wait, wait. Was the year later? Was that? When did we go to Madison?
3: That was uh, in May. May, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To the Raskeller. Not the yes. Raskeller, Raskeller. Not the one you guys went to, a good one. but <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, for those of you listening, before it's we quarters. started recording, we were uh, comparing meetup counts. <laughs> 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 so, as Swan mentioned, uh, Pink and I met back in October in San Francisco, and Aura and I have met as well. So Swan, I'm coming for you next.
1: Yeah, you y'all gotta come to me. I'm 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 down on the count from, from all you guys. Uh, yeah, we'll
0: definitely have a meetup for sure. Yeah. We we have to have a meetup.
1: Yeah, I'm totally cool yeah. with like showing people around my tiny little town in Iowa that doesn't actually look anything like what you would think is Iowa. Um so yeah, I work at two tourist locations. Um, That are gorgeous and amazing And I could show you all kinds of really cool stuff That you would not expect in a town this size
2: Well, it's decided the first VBS convention Will be in Dubuque, Iowa
1: Yeah, yeah (laughs) Also because that just sounds weird Weird as (laughs) all get out Perfect It's like, wait, where are we meeting? (laughs) Bugs Bunny says our name He says, meet you in Dubuque
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is wonderful, though. Um, you know, just thinking back on all of these different threads that led us to this nexus, um, mm-hmm. as Swan would say, and the friendships that we formed out of this yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I'm
2: very, true. very thankful for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, now I have to be contrarian. I'm not thankful at all. <laughs> I'm going the have not taken. <laughs> I'm going. And I will double down and say
2: we are thankful for all of you listening right now.
1: Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Yeah. We would love to see all of the creative things that the rest of you bring. We want to see more people involved. We want to see more people kind of finding their way into creating some more parts of this and see some more activity
0: we're always open you know this all of this is everyone's it's not one person's but you know whatever you feel people should talk about something we can all do together like all you gotta do is take that first step and ask
3: it could, could also be a good time to remind everybody that we are always looking for submissions that we can feature on this podcast. What the... podcast? We have a Wait, podcast?
0: Is that what
2: we're, do-
3: that what we we're have doing? have a
0: podcast? What's a, what's a podcast? I thought
3: we were just voice chatting.
0: Yeah, I thought you were just talking. You're, you're the one who brought <laughs> podcast. You can't do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Anyways. Sorry, I got Um, the
3: memory of a goldfish. Just
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes, uh, we we do take messages. We will play them on the podcast. If you just want to leave something funny, if you want to perhaps leave a trailhead, if you want to just tell a story cast a spell an advertisement
2: um i had an idea i wanted to pitch um we can yes or no obviously um but swan you've often uh bragged about your notorious bullshitting skills and i was wondering if maybe (laughs) we could put those to the test um, i don't know
1: (laughs) and just see how
2: far we can take it okay um i think of a prompt though for you um let's see oh or did you have a prompt
0: uh no i could pick of a prompt <laughs> if that's <laughs> what you're
1: telling me to do
0: oh no, I, speaking I
2: just speaking of
1: bullshitting skills. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> link. (laughs) I mean, I've got prompts ready for bullshitting skills.
0: (laughs) Do you want me to read my prompts? Yeah, okay. Read your prompts. (laughs)
1: Let's see. I got to find a good one here. Let's see. So we hear that you're a pilot. Tell us more about that. Oh, wait. You want to prompt me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) i don't have a list at all actually well you know being a pilot is very involved you know it it took a lot of training uh (laughs) learning to flap my rings at the right rhythm uh
3: what was your favorite destination to visit
0: oh obviously uh the canadian wilderness uh, just flying over all the all the trees and the snow, oh, in winter. Uh, Did you have a favorite?
2: Occasionally, per. Did you have a favorite tree that you saw when you were flying over?
0: Uh, yeah, there was one right off the. Uh, it was this a little lake, and it was really out there. You couldn't really. It was, you couldn't really access it unless you could fly there um just a tranquil little spot i remember like looking land, t- landing down there and uh looking across the lake and seeing this this great like big moose and you know usually they're pretty scary but you could just just this area just exuded this calmness uh and
1: well that's because that was I my costume it.
0: oh okay was you okay <laughs> I wasn't sure. Ooh.
1: Now, real Moose would have been I really angry with it. you.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, that explains a lot because <laughs> I was like, you know, it's not charging at me, you know? It's okay. Well, what were you doing there?
1: Uh, testing you, ha- the holographic systems. There? That's all, you know? The... How, how, wait. Oh, okay. You know, I was going to say, how'd you get there? We, we talked about the holographic systems before, you know. Is... You know, well, we, yeah, we have I mean, to go to different places and uh you know we zeroed in on your flight plan. Uh yeah. worked with the flight directors and okay. um Was it Jeff? I'm not Did at liberty to, to say.
0: It was Jeff. You can tell me. I mean you no, know don't tell me, it's
1: fine. It's the other Jeff. Not Jeff uh, Jeff. This is a Jeff uh, Jeff Jeff. Oh uh, um, yeah. is this the, okay. the Jeff with one F. The the Jeff with an H, I think.
0: Ah, Yeah. Yeah, J-E-F-H, yeah. I know that guy.
1: No, 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 this is a J-E-F-H-F. Maybe.
0: Okay, now, no. No, no, no. it? Okay, no. Yeah. I don't know that guy, it, but is, is he, I believe Is you.
1: he friends with Elemental The H moves around. It's hard to say.
0: <laughs> so you say uh
1: Argo? Or-
2: I asked if Jeff was friends with (laughs) LMNOP.
1: Yes. LMO?
0: Wait, do you know? LMO? You know (laughs) LMNOP? Yeah. You know
1: LMNOP? You never told me?
2: Onomatopoeia introduced us.
1: Can you bend it like LMNOP?
2: So you were. So you're in a moose costume.
1: Right. Uh, well, uh, holographic moose costume. Holographic. Yes. Um, you, and
2: what why would the whole moose uh, costume
1: having to bring that out into the Canadian wilderness is kind of ridiculous. So instead, you know, we we just fly out there by jetpack and then test the holographic uh moose costume. Right um,
2: next to Aura's favorite tree.
1: Right next to Aura's favorite tree. Well, we knew he would be there because it was his favorite tree, right? You know. Yeah,
0: so you intersected my flight plans. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, that was a smart thing to do. That's the only way to. We go.
1: well, we we pulled all the Canadian geese. You know, made sure that it worked yeah. with their flight plans. Um, uh, they they kind of informed. Sorry to say, they informed on us to, about you and and your your plans and your your flight plans. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because
0: they were they were kind of. That's what
1: like, I meant by me f- light controllers. The I meant the, yeah.
3: the geese. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I knew, I knew that. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, I'm surprised because sometimes the geese seem a bit confused.
0: Well, these are Canadians. Oh, okay, okay. They're on top of them. all right. I don't know. It seems kind of foul of them to
2: rat you out like that. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Like f- flapping their lips, telling everyone where you are.
0: I, that's what they do. That's all they do. I can't, that's their nature.
2: A little ducked up to me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know, Pink, I'm just cracking well, you, you up right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I knew it was coming so. <laughs> you know working working with the geese is is an interesting situation, you know, um
3: yeah. as a
1: swan, you know there's kind of a delicate relationship between the two you know we're yeah how did you bridge that gap by the way uh like, you know it's it's over. Several centuries it's been in the process, you know, um, improving relations between the two, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There were a lot of, um, there were diplomatic missions that we did together where we would go out and um, find an ideal, you know, like a, you know, those um, corporate campuses where they have, you know, um, ponds and, and lakes nearby and make a little fake pond near their corporate campus. Um, yeah. An excellent place to just leave a shitload of dung, literally shitload. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a really good bonding opportunity between the geese and the swans, you know, all come Mm -hmm. down, just like mess up the whole place. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really improves morale, makes us feel kind of together. So yeah, that that improved relations for sure. Got it. Targeting yeah. areas like that.
0: Yeah, wait, targeting areas.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, just something else going on. Did you just leak something?
1: Well, birds like to target things. Uh, yes, you that's know, what we do.
0: I I don't like how you're saying this.
1: You know, when you're flying overhead and. You got a bird's eye view Maybe. and aim for the right person, you know. It's... Swans, we don't normally do that because it's too obvious. Because yeah. if they get hit by us, they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course. We we usually like to do uh, melee combat, you know, direct, you know. Yeah. Feather
0: you want to look them at the eyes. We look them in the or, eyes.
1: Uh... We give a good hiss. You yeah. know when we're uh, going after you. Very honorable about that, you know? Of course. Yeah. I should apologize if we're on the the podcast. I'd like to apologize to Anthe. Anthe Shulman. I just instinctively did my swan thing and was like, fuck no. You're not coming after us. (laughs) Like, no, no, you're not coming after us. Uh, you you need a you need a warrant. <laughs> All of that. No warrant, no way. That was just yeah, she, uh, the angry song kinda came out.
0: <laughs> yeah, she actually uh, made a oil painting about the incident. I don't know if you heard. Oh really? I heard it through the grapevine, yeah. I talked to her about uh, it. She said
2: two can play that game. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: I gotta go. <laughs> I, go. I gotta go.
2: leave. <laughs> she actually tweeted about it. Oh,
3: <laughs> the agony.
0: Yeah. Yes, is that what, is that what we wanted to do? Is that the <laughs> The
1: podcast. Is that the podcast? <laughs>
0: Swan, thanks for talking with us. Uh, really appreciate taking the time, sharing your story, and everything. Um, so, yeah, until next time. Uh, of course, this is Swan. Bye. Uh, Later. Uh, Pink.
1: Bye.
0: Argo. Bye, everyone.
3: And me. Goodbye. Signing off from the mm-hmm. Red Bridge. How- and hi. And Radiant. You're Oh, he's back. Oh, no. Everybody, hi. Let him out. <laughs> Let him out. In radiance Dictum. Woof.